Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to remind you all that we are going on tour in June, a little mini tour. We are doing three live shows for the first time since 2019. We are so excited and we would love to see you there. On June 6th, we're going to be in Philadelphia at Underground Arts. On June 16th, we're going to be at City Winery in Boston. And on June 22nd, we'll be at City Winery in New York City. We're going to be recapping an iconic, truly iconic vintage episode of The Bachelorette from 2012. And we are going to be doing that with some really special guests Kelsey McKinney, host of Normal Gossip, will be with us in Philly. Bachelor in Paradise star Jill Chin will be with us in Boston. And comedian and Bachelor recapper Arden Marine will be with us in New York City. And we promise, even if you are not a batch girly, we got you. You can still come to this show and enjoy it. There will be plenty of contacts provided. There will be images clips explanations plus this is just like a great two hours of tv we are going to be doing season eight episode five of the bachelorette which is emily maynard's season this is the episode that i think really has everything you could ask for it has future bachelor sean lowe's first ever one-on-one date it has emily saying she wants to go West Virginia backwoods hood rat on her season villain's ass. It has her one-on-one date with her ultimate winner. It has a lot of gender anxiety for the men just when they're put in proximity to something that isn't beer or football. It's a rich, rich text from 2012, which after watching This episode, I feel like, was a century ago instead of just 11 years. This was also the very first season of Bachelor or Bachelorette that I personally recapped. So I have a very close attachment to this season. It's really fun. And although it feels like yesterday, you watch this episode and you really are like, damn, A lot changes aesthetically in 10 years. Yeah, there are a lot of like (laughs) wide leg jeans on men and (laughs) jewel tones also on men. Also, if you want to watch this, which I do recommend, though, again, it won't be necessary. You can watch it on Hulu. And you can find tickets to all of these shows and more information at lovetoseeitpod.com. You can just click the little tab that says LTSI Live, and it's also at the link in our bio, in our podcast Instagram account, at Claire and Emma Pod. So grab those tickets. We would love to see you there. And, you know, bring your friends. We're going to hang out afterwards. I'm hoping that my fatigue and heartburn allow (laughs) me to hang out as long as possible, but we're looking forward to saying hi to you guys and... It's just been too long, so let's do it. And now let's get into today's show. I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like delightful spinoffs of excellent teen rom-coms. 
If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because we both watched Exo Kitty, the latest offering in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before cinematic universe. <laughs> They've broken into TV shows now. Thank God, because this show was a swoony, delicious delight. Yeah. It really is the first thing in the Jenny Han to streaming pipeline that has worked for me since the first <laughs> to all the boys movie. I didn't love the sequels. I really didn't love the summer I turned pretty, which is a prime series based on an earlier YA romance series that she had written. And so I, I really wasn't going to watch this, to be honest, until you told me that it was actually cute. Well, you can thank the rain that hit the New York City area last weekend <laughs> when I was on an upstate bachelorette party and our hike got rained out. So instead, we did some TV watching and that included Exo Kitty and it was just so cute. I finished it in a couple days. I immediately texted you and was like, I think we got to I think there's stuff to dig into here. I think that this show is so much fun and so sweet and has so much heart that it is worth talking about. And yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised given my also lackluster feelings about the summer I turned pretty. There are just a lot of tropes that are in that story that I think we found problematic that feel almost the opposite in this series. Yeah. And like, there are certainly tropes that are problematic that we also enjoy. But there, it was hard to look past them in the summer I turned pretty. I think there's something about the fact that this girl is basically in her adolescence, like it's literally supposed to be the summer that she kind of blossomed physically. So she's like, puberty style young. And she's suddenly realizing that her two romantic options for the rest of her life are these brothers that she the has known since life. she was a that baby. Not an exaggeration. Yeah. Like I read ahead in the series or I, I like I read ahead about the series and it's not promising. She stays obsessed with these boys. And I'm like, first of all, really fucked up that you have two brothers fighting over her. Also, they're basically supposed to be sort of like her brothers because their moms were so close. They grew up together. She's known them since she was a baby. And it's like almost a coming of age story that is about two love stories that are so limiting to her. It's stunted. She's never going to move past these two boys that she met when she was tiny. And that means that there is this like darkness sort of hanging over the whole series. And Exo Kitty really is the opposite. She ends up having three really viable, really different love interests. There is just an openness and a world of possibility in front of Kitty. And she is learning lessons that ring really true as someone who has, you know, experienced having feelings of love when you're 16 and the way that that changes a lot as you get older yeah. and the way that you learn from those relationships. And it doesn't mean you, you know, have to go back to them and marry them. Yeah, it is a story about her learning that it would stunt her maybe to hold on to a crush or a relationship or a love story that started when she was a child and that she should give herself permission to explore other connections and other relationships and 
and have a sort of open outward looking approach to her young adulthood and that just feels much healthier like watching the summer i turn pretty feels like you're just being like locked into a tiny dark room despite how frothy and light and summery it is i was like i feel claustrophobic and exo kitty is like the door is being opened and you're going out into the the big beautiful garden of delights in front of you so let's talk about this show Exo Kitty premiered May 18th on Netflix. It was created by Jenny Han, as we mentioned, based on characters from her novels, because, of course, Kitty was a character in the To All the Boys novels. And due to the writer's strike, Jenny Han has actually been absent from the premiere of Exo Kitty and the whole press tour. And I think she she likely will be absent from the press tour for the second season of The Summer I Turned Pretty as well because Jenny Han is a writer and she is not a freaking scab. So everyone, remember, support the Writers Guild strike and uh, stand against corporate greed. Yeah, do you want more Exo Kitty or do you want just endless versions of shows like The Floor is Lava until the <laughs> end of time? Like I say this, you know, listen, we love reality TV, but there's a there's a freaking limit, okay? We need to support writers. <laughs> exactly. But the premise of Exo Kitty. Yes. So Kitty Song Covey, best known previously as Lara Jean's middle school age sister in the Tatbilb trilogy. She is now heading into her junior year of high school. And she was always sort of like the most outgoing, bubbly popular of the Song Covey sisters. She has a million friends. She's a matchmaker. She really pushes Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean together. And now she's ready for her time. She's been in a long-distance romantic pen pal relationship for four years with a boy named Day. She met him on a family trip to South Korea in one of the To All the Boys movies. And they have been committed to each other I guess since the age of 12. Incredible stuff. Despite not having seen each other in person since, again, they were 12. They have never kissed. But speaking of kisses, (laughs) Kitty is on a mission to spend a year abroad at KISS, the Korean independent school of Seoul, of course. Yeah. Wink, wink. Which is a school that her late mother spent a year at when she was a teenager and also happens to be the school that Day attends. What are the odds? What are the odds? that She could feel this connection to her mom and also this connection to her long-distance boyfriend. It's all going to happen right on the same campus. She's going to kiss. He's going to kiss. Her mom kissed in the past it's very evocative who's kissing who <laughs> who's kissing who who's kiss who's going to kiss together you just listened to a free preview of this week's rich text podcast if you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. 
You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. 